guys welcome back to another episode of pretty suited podcast it's your girl lauren a and today um i'm just gonna get straight to it um because it's been a long week i'm not gonna even lie to you um you know we started off this week with some devastating news regarding uh takeoff from the super group migos right after halloween you know everybody everybody was getting their candy and doing festivities and dressing up we woke up on Tuesday morning with some bad news. Um, you know, if you're like me and you went to college during the 2011, 9, 12 era, the Migos were an intricate part of our college experience. It wasn't a party. It wasn't a, a, an event. It wasn't a, a turn up that did not involve the Migos. So the fact that takeoff is now no longer with us, um, I was absolutely devastated because, you know, for one, he was revered as the most lyrical, the quiet giant, you know, the one that was funny with, you know, without even trying. So uh, my condolences to his family, my condolences to the other members of the Migos, Offset and Quavo, because I know that this is devastating. Uh, there has been terrible you know, video being passed around on the internet regarding his death. And I just, while I think that's absolutely deplorable, um, I personally didn't watch it just because I just don't think that that's appropriate to be viewing, um, especially somebody's last moments, especially somebody grieving at the time. I just don't think it's appropriate, but um, I think that it is important for us to say prayers to his family, all parties involved, and um, hopefully you can get through this difficult time um, and, you know, whether or not Offset or Quavo continues to make music, that's totally up to them because I, I can understand how devastating that could be. But either way, thoughts and prayers to the both of them. So I wanted to start this episode, you know, when we're talking about the unfortunate passing of Takeoff, um, I really wanted to get into the conversation of friends and family and how important they are to us in our, you know, emotional health and our mental health, right? Because, you know, we could talk about career and our own personal pursuits or goals all day long, but it's not helpful if you don't have a support group or people to share these experiences with and how important they are in the journey. Um, so I did see this clip over the weekend that kind of got me to thinking about how, you know, millennials like myself or even the generation Z years that are after us, you know, how we perceive friendship, how we perceive love, you know, what does that even look like? Um, check this clip out. I think FOMO has messed up Gen Z and millennials. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's a paralysis people connecting with a potential partner because they think there's a better thing coming. That's what I've seen. And so it's like, yeah, I'm dating this person, but they don't check all the boxes. We had somebody on that said they checked all the boxes and it still wasn't, it still wasn't the right one. Juliet didn't check all my boxes. She checked a lot of them. I know I didn't check all of her boxes. She liked like well physically defined like pecs needed to be like gow, 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 you know what i mean and, and i'm a skinny dude you know what i mean i think that fomo plays a part it's always like uh maybe there might be somebody better instead of going this person's beautiful to me so in this clip i really do think that he made a lot of sense you know when it came to how gen zers and millennials think you know about relationships interpersonal relationships right so you know we talked in the past about how this new generation can be very impulsive almost to the point where we may actually even 
give up too soon. You know, we may actually even not take the appropriate steps to to really develop a relationship, whether it's romantic or not. Right. So for example, you know, we're all about, well, if it's not, if it doesn't deserve my energy, then I'm not going to be there. You know, one person mess up one time and then that's it. And, then, and to the point where it's like, well, are we ever going to stay and develop? You know, because nobody is perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. So the fact that we don't even really give each other a chance to like, you know, establish what the issue may be, how we can fix it and actually work towards, you know, have a timeline of how to correct the issue. There's been several times where I may have had a disagreement with a friend of mine, but instead of just writing that person off, of course, depending on what it is, but instead of just writing that person off, like I think to myself, okay, so what, how did I play a part into it? taking accountability and then maybe even having a conversation with them, you know, at the right time, you know, when emotions have died down and try to figure out how we can fix it. Because if it's a true and meaningful friendship, if it's something that you really want to, you know, foster and develop and nurture, then just giving up on the first, you know, side of conflict is not the best way to go because you're really never going to develop anything or you're really never going to have something longstanding. Um, I think the same goes with relationships, you know, um, personally, I have suffered. This is a transparent moment here. Personally, you know, I have in the past felt like you do something to me, you know, homeboy, one and done, right? You know, you say something slick outside your mouth, one and done. You, you know, do me wrong, one and done. That's just kind of how I was for a very long time. It wasn't until recently where I really thought like, girl, you really need to chill out. Like, (laughs) you're not perfect, you know, and, you know, you can't just write off someone, especially if you don't communicate what the issue may be, right? Somebody can just maybe smack with their mouth open and they may not be aware of it, right? So instead instead of me just saying, oh my God, he just he need to close his mouth. You know what I'm saying? And just saying, I'm never gonna call him again. Like <laughs> I was that bad. That's that's how bad I was. Um, but instead of me doing that, you know, I probably could have voiced kind of my concern. Be like, hey, you know, are you aware that you are chewing with your mouth open and food is flying out. And <laughs> once you speak with them and maybe talk with them about how that is bothersome to you, then, and if they continue to do it, okay, then maybe you can have grounds for, you know, dismissal. But I think that if it's something that can be easily overlooked, or if it's not a deal breaker, or if it's something that's communicated and then fixed, then it's appropriate, you know, for you to have that conversation um, and not just write it off because, you know, we are the generation of, look, I don't, I ain't got the time, you know, <laughs> and that just may not be the best route in every situation. Now, I am a, an advocate of, of self-care and sometimes distance is a form of self-care, you know, and uh, look, I am a firm believer in that, but I think that you should look at each individual situation for what it is and and evaluate it and not just treat everything like a, you know, it's expendable because it's not. And I think, you know, unfortunately, when when it comes to relationships, dating has taken a hit. He spoke of FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. Um, 
we always think there's other options. So we never really try to work anything out. It's always going to be another swipe. It's always going to be another, you know, club. It's always going to be another person to take this person's place. And that's not always true. Or even if it is true, do you want to be seen as so expendable? You know, if a person doesn't have your whole list, I'm talking about 50 plus items on your list. If they don't check each and every box, is that, does that mean that person isn't valuable? I think that we can really become a little too full of ourselves, a little too, you know, self-centered to the point where, you know, we have unrealistic expectations of how people should present in our lives. And I'm a, I'm guilty of it. And I've made conscious effort to try to do better these past few years and really see what's important you know, and make my decision from there. And I think a lot of it too, if you want to get a little bit deep about it, comes from attachment theories. I'm not sure if you're aware of like um, these, a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists use something called the attachment theory where they really think about, okay, if you put a baby in a room and then the mother leaves baby, how does that baby respond, right? And there's three different kinds. I was just reading over it and I really was thinking about, man, I have one of these or man, I can identify with this. For example, if the mom leaves the room and the child cries, of course, because the mom left, they expect that mother to return. So when that mother does return, they can be easily soothed and it's all good, right? That's a secure attachment. Then you have the attachment style where, you know, if that mother leaves and it comes and then they come back, that child is pretty much like still inconsolable, still kind of like making the mother pay for them leaving, you know, kind of real anxious. And that's the anxious resistance style. Um, And then you have the style that's avoidant which is, you know, if the mother leaves, they're not really expecting that mother to come back. They start to, you know, take care of self and try to figure out how to, you know, survive on their own. And if the mother comes back, they're like, okay, I guess you came back, you know, that kind of thing. And those, if you could see, (laughs) those things can translate, you know, as adults and how you respond to other people. And I think a lot of times when we talking about like um, dating, we're like, emotionally maybe distant or emotionally clingy or for those of those who are sane (laughs) you have a little bit more secure style where it's just like each individual thing happens as it comes and I'm going to be okay either way um and so I think that that's important to kind of really understand your attachment style how you respond to people walking in and out of your life or how do you respond to dating how you respond to your friendships like are you the type of friend who is willing to work it out are you the type of girlfriend or boyfriend that's willing to discuss things and and adjust and compromise like things like that like I I've been thinking about that lately and I just thought that it was important to kind of bring up especially hearing the news about takeoff because Quavo and takeoff were actually related and spent a lot of time together, you know, when you literally become best friends. And when you think about such a devastating hit, this will be, I wonder what Quavo's mindset will be like. He just lost his girlfriend, you know, the love of his life and his best friend slash nephew in a span of like a year or two. So his feelings and his emotions is definitely going to take a blow, I'm assuming. And um, he might end up being avoidant 
attachment style after this because he will be so scarred and so guarded. Um, so that just got me to thinking, what do you guys think? And what kind of attachment style are you? And are you working to change it? Is it worked for you in the past? Is it working for you now? You know, I'm curious to know too. Let's bring us to our next conversation, which is kind of similar. Um, I was listening to this podcast called No For Sure Podcast. This would be Simone and her best friend slash manager, Megan Brooks. And um, they made some really valid points about, you know, friendship and how you present in those friendships. Check this out. God has given me, you guys, and... There's a tool in each of you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that helps fix something in me. Mm-hmm. Same. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And, it, and it's not just about this. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, utilize them. Mm-hmm. When you need some gentleness, call Shekinah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you need yeah. understanding, call, call Braylon. Yeah. Yeah. When you need to feel alive, call Ashley. Yeah. You know Those are tools. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a tool. And we don't take... We take for granted Mm. the people that we have in our lives and the gifts that they Mm -hmm. possess. So, you know, in my experiences growing up, you know, I always kept my friend group separate. I don't know why I was like this, but it was always a thing for me because I, I felt like I'm a complex person and I didn't quite want my friend groups to blend in together because I wanted to be able to go to them and hang with them for different reasons. But she spoke spoke about having a friend for a good time, a friend for support. And in my group, I think it's the same thing. I have a friend who's more uh, religious or conservative. So I go to them with certain topics or I go to them if I need a prayer partner and things like that. I have a friend who we're known to have a really good time together, turning up, you know, uh, partying and things like that. Like that is a good person to lift my spirits or to, if I just want to have a good time, you know, they're great company for that. And of course, you know, nobody is just one dimensional and everybody, you know, I can have serious conversations and actually develop good relationships with each one of them. But as far as like the dominant role of our relationship is normally, you know, a certain thing. And then a lot of times too, you know, if, if it's the opposite sex, I have a guy, a male friend, you know, who is cool to hang around with, who I can nerd out with some things with, you know, they made like anime or video games, or they made like, you know, certain things that I like. And, you know, we can have a good time just doing unconventional things or maybe go hiking, maybe do some kind of, you know, escape room or whatever the case may be. And it's just a good time because you guys aren't um, necessarily romantic, but it's just really platonic, you know, friendship. So and I'm not saying that your friend groups can't mix and come together and have a great time, too. I just think that, you know, our lives, especially in 2022, is so multifaceted that it's very mature for you to understand how you present other people's lives and how they present your life. Because you could become very disappointed (laughs) if you put people in a space that they're not supposed to be in. For example, if you put in the party girl in the space where you need spiritual healing, I'm not saying she can't be both or he can't be both, but that just may not, they may not show up in the way that you need them to. And then you're disappointed and you just saying throw the whole friendship away. And that's not fair because maybe that's just not the extent of your guys' relationship. And that's okay. That's okay. I don't think everybody is supposed to show up in your life in the same way. I think that that's, you know, unrealistic. And that's a lot of pressure to put on one person to be everything for you. 
You know what I'm saying? Find out how you present in people's lives and make sure that you are not setting them up for failure as well um, and how they present in your life. And then I also think that it's important for your friendships to develop and evolve, right? So one time, one of my friends, um, we had a conversation, like a real sit down because I, I felt us kind of drifting apart but we, I really couldn't quite put my finger on as to why we never had like no really big argument. We never really had like a falling out. So I kind of just thought to myself, why am I not connecting with this person anymore? Especially when we developed so many good memories in the past. And I, so I thought to myself, well, I, this is not something that I want to end. So let me have a real sit down grown ass conversation with my friend. During our conversation, we really came to the conclusion that our relationship did not evolve from a high school teenage relationship to an actual adult relationship we had so many things going on in our lives graduate school you know relationships things of that nature that we kind of stayed in our own bubble and really only you know conversed and hung out when it was fun involved but we really didn't quite dig into our actual personal lives and who we were as adults so that our so our relationship really stayed immature and while you don't really think of nothing of it because time goes by I thought it was really interesting that you know we both noticed that and so we we sat down and we really was like so how can we really show up in each other's lives now like I know you got this going on I know I got this going on do you need me for this you know call me if this happens you know actually making an effort to show up and do things without you know asking that person and things like that like I think and that really helped us to like show up in each other's lives in a more mature way. And I really am thankful for having that conversation with them rather than just writing them off from my life. You know, I, I could have missed out on a really good friendship because it, it, you know, it grew into something that's, you know, I think lifelong now. So, um, you know, you might need to have a conversation with your girl, or with your home, with your homeboy. It's like, is our relationship growing as adults? Like, are we, is our friendship growing as we grow older and you know holding each other accountable for that holding each other accountable for actually showing up that's not something that you have to wait until you're 30 years old to do like you could start that you know back in your college years in your 20s you know in your teen years like I think that that makes for a more sustainable a more evolved friendship so now we're going to get into our watch list of the week this week, in the spirit of relationships and all that good stuff, I watched a television show on, on Netflix called Love is Blind. Um, they've had a few seasons prior to this one. I think this is season three. And the show is pretty much like most dating shows nowadays, um, related to somebody you can't see the love of your life. You meet them um, in a pod and you guys talk for like a week or two. And then you guys meet and get married. Like... <laughs> It's very exaggerated, you know, but most of the dating shows are like that now where they're all in the house together and you get to know each other and all that good stuff and you get married in a couple of weeks. So while that's very unrealistic, I mean, 
of course, there's such thing as arranged marriages and it's, they've been doing it for a very long time. But this is the American version where we doing it for TV and ratings with, in a big mansion all together and everybody look good. But I feel like um, this show is very interesting because while it could can be scripted, I'm sure it's scripted. Just seeing how the people were so in love during the pod phase where you couldn't see each other. And then once you start to live with each other and maybe sleep together, the tides turn and then all of a sudden you don't, you're unsure about marrying them. And once you meet the other people in the house and you see who you could have picked, it's always an issue. So this one relationship um, or this one couple on the show, like the guy can be perceived as being good looking. I mean, I, by society standards, I guess he's not really my type, but he's he could be, you know, considered good looking. He went for a girl who has a great personality, you know, who was really into him. And then when they got together, it was sparks was flying like he was into her. I think, of course, lust had a lot to do with it just from them being in the house without any kind of sex. I think that plays a part in their decision because, you know, they just ready to get busy. But um, but once this guy met the other girl he was trying to pursue, but she rejected him, his mindset changed and he started to kind of think about, you know, second guessing his his relationship with the girl he actually chose. And I think that while that's jacked up, I think it's very true when it comes to our lives and how we choose our partner. Like, do we always choose the one who we want or do we choose the one who wants us? Because I feel like, you know, a lot of times you may not always get the person that you wanted. But if you find the person who, you know, agrees with you, who loves you, who takes care of you, who's, you know, who cares about you and things like that, who you who can develop a friendship with nine times out of 10, that's the person that you're going to end up with. But you always kind of have this thing in the back of your mind about the person that you actually wanted. And in this case, you know, he once he saw the girl who, you know, didn't choose him, but he wanted her. He starts to develop all these what ifs and I don't know how about my decision and she's hot and she's hotter than the girl I chose and blah, 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 blah. And we all know watching the show that there probably wouldn't even be a good match, but visually they look good together, him and the, and the girl who didn't choose him. So, you know, you kind of think to yourself, like, how superficial are we? Like, yeah, you connected with the other chick in the pod, the one that you chose, you know, and she seemingly is a better person for you. But because visually she may not have been the person that you chose in your real life, then now you want to dismiss her. And I think that that's kind of messed up, but that's human nature. And this show really exposes how us as humans really think and how we interact with each other especially when it comes to lust and and quote-unquote love you know what I'm saying but watch the show love is blind is very interesting very entertaining um to kind of see how you know all these relationships develop and who says yes on decision day and all that good shit so and now our tune of the week sorry I gotta take a sip 
This week, we're getting into Semino featuring J. Cole. The song is called 90 Proof. And I mentioned Semino a couple weeks ago when I was talking about J.I.D. and how they sound a lot alike um, in their style and their approach of, you know, rap. But, and by the way, those two are going on tour really soon together and I will be there, period. But Semino just came out with a new album and it's already being talked about as being album of the year. Um, just because of how unique it is. It's giving real Equimini, Andre 3000, hippie, black man, prince, artist. Like, it's giving all of that. Like, Smino is very, very diverse um, in his delivery. I've been listening to him since Rice and Gravy came out, and I've just been in love since. Um, but he just came out with this new song with J. Cole, and of course, J. Cole Slid, he that's what he does. He 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 is an artist, he's a lyricist, and he's not gonna um he has given he hasn't given us a bad verse in a very long time. So you know always can count on J. Cole to def- definitely elevate the song. But those two were are a pair that I didn't know I needed. So I think it's pretty cool that he was able to get on the song with Smino and it sound really good together. So the song is called 90 Proof. Check it out. It is definitely riding. Check out Smino's new album. It's called Love for rent and um you would not be disappointed whether you're in a cleaning house vibe commute vibe whatever kind of vibe this album is perfect for it so check that out so that brings us to the end of this episode thank you for joining me today it has been great although it was kind of sad it was kind of sad um but i just think that it was an important conversation to be had um especially as we talk about you know friendships and people who mean the most to us in our lives um so continue the conversation let me know what you think in the comments and don't forget to like share and subscribe and have this conversation and just let's go beyond this podcast episode and really have this conversation with your friends and your loved ones about you know your guys's relationship and how you show up in that so until next time bye